0: Listening to the Naked and Known podcast, where we want to break down the fear of imperfection and find true healing through the practice of vulnerability.
1: Welcome to Naked and Known. I am Tia. And I'm Jocelyn. Today we are talking about insecurity. (laughs) Typical woman.
0: We all know about it. We all struggle with it. Even if you think someone doesn't, they definitely do. We are so, all insecure.
1: We all. I think are. it goes for
0: men, too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Everybody has different ways of dealing with it. but
1: Totally. So, Jossie's got <laughs> some things to share. And then we're going to work through some yeah. other things. Yeah. So. Just like,
0: what do we do with them? Because um, they'll come up for everybody. But, yeah. So, for me… This is very fresh on the mind because yesterday, well, give a little background. I've been leading worship at my church for well, we're a new church, church plant. So it's been about a year um officially, and I I had done it at our other like main campus for a little while too just as backup. Um and then in the fall, I think was the first time I led a song myself mm-hmm. which was You know, as an anxious person, um, it was very stressful for me, but it's gotten a little bit better. Um, But it had been a while since I had led. And yesterday, I made a big boo-boo on stage (laughs) (laughs) and started the song at the wrong time. Um, So I was extremely embarrassed. And I was, I just, you know, I think it brought out all those insecurities. So sometimes I think stressful... Moments like that can bring out our worst insecurities Mm -hmm. and that you maybe have kept hidden for a while. Um, So, yeah, I just found myself kind of spiraling into like a depression, which sounds a little silly. I mean, the rest of the song went fine and I recovered fairly quickly. But, you know, in my mind, I felt like I just ruined everything. So um, that negative self-talk just doesn't really get us anywhere good um and yeah it it wasn't really until today that i started to come out of my my hole and start yeah. to uh, so i think rest maybe helped me a little yeah. bit of just <laughs> being able to think clearly again um but you know things like that can just set you back um so we kind of wanted to talk about just for different people your triggers are going to be different what brings out those insecurities um but they're there for all of us so just kind of thinking about like identifying those things and learning some coping skills to deal with them when they do come up.
1: My insecurity comes out a lot with—I've struggled a lot with like food and not eating right and being an unhealthy person physically. So, um, I mean, I grew up a swimmer. I was you know, super athletic back in the day. And then, honestly, it really started when I got married— was just creating really bad habits. And I feel like as as you know, I've grown in my myself and all these things. Um you know, I've, about a year ago I started like doing crossfit and and meal prepping all these things and but I still have these times when like I'll struggle with ordering a certain meal. Like, Oh, I deserve this. Like I talk, Mm. talk myself out of it. It sounds really silly, but this is like a real (laughs) real struggle for me. And so it's like, it's hard for me to choose healthy. And, but I know when I do, I feel really good. And so, um, I, I feel like when I am faced with this, it's, it's huge insecurity for me. Like, Oh, I, I let myself down. I you know all this hard work, all these things, and so it makes me extremely insecure. So, for example, you know I go out to dinner with Robbie. I order something really unhealthy, and then what that does for me the rest of the night, I go in myself. I'm like super insecure, and he's like, "We're out to dinner. We're having a good time. What's wrong with you?" And it's like because I made that decision, mm-hmm. uh, then I feel shame. I feel <laughs> I feel bad, and mm-hmm. then it takes me to this place of like. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And so you you don't have any self-control or or whatever. Um so I that's been a huge thing for me that's made me like really insecure. Um so kind of we wanted to go into what happens, what triggers that. So that's kind of my my trigger, mm-hmm. but we all know all those things that come out on the surface is like a way bigger root, deep deep root that's mm-hmm. going on like Um, internally in us. So, so yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, stuff from the past, for sure, kind of
0: puts us in that, like when we're kind of brought back to some bad memories that we Mm -hmm. have from childhood or maybe earlier in our our relationships or marriages um, or in other relationships and friendships, those things can be triggering for us, kind of like what we had talked about on um, our first podcast, just... At least for me, you know, it was like triggering for me um, to have to be like worried about a friend moving away from me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not even really what's happening. But that's yeah. where our mind goes because we're just that's how we've kind of trained ourselves in order to protect ourselves. We go like on high alert when something brings back that memory so that we're not hurt again by it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I would say triggers are memories from the past. Other triggers for me would be like hormone changes. Yeah. And I know a lot of women deal with that. Um, I remember in my first year of marriage when I was on the pill, um, it, was, it just was not a good situation, but you know, I felt that, well, I'm kind of holding everything together because we just weren't ready for kids yet. And, um all the pressure's on me and if I don't do this then you yeah. know we don't have options which wasn't true um but so I stuck with it longer than I should have but a, about a year and a half in luckily I have a husband who finally was like we're done yeah. um but yeah those things can really affect you and they can bring out again like those those worst things that you try to bury in the sand in your everyday life but you know the hormone changes can definitely can definitely bring those things out and be a trigger too. I don't know any other mm-hmm. triggers for you, Tia, that you can think of.
1: Um, our husbands are both mu- musicians, and so there's insecurities triggers in that, like them traveling, doing stuff, um, like that, being, you know, on a stage, and and just feeling like, oh, am I going to be, like are they going to think about me or, um, will someone else catch their eye or something like that? So you're mm-hmm. constantly comparing yourself to other women. Um, you know, they're skinnier than me, their clothes are cool or whatever. Uh, all those things that us women just exhaust ourselves with. And, um, that's, those are big things for me. I've realized in, especially in this last year, how obsessive I get with like, how I look and how, um, you know, how I, when I'm out with Robbie, I'm just like looking at other women to Mm -hmm. see if they're prettier than me or whatever. So that, those are like big triggers for me and um, it's not healthy. It's not, it it makes you really wound (laughs) up tight (laughs) and you're not fun to be around. Like I'm, I'm usually... (laughs) I'm I feel like I usually like to have a good time. Mm-hmm. I like to have fun with our friends, but if I'm in that mindset, if I'm not healthy, then that is what I focus on and it's it's mm-hmm. not fun. It's not fun for anyone. So, um I guess it's not all my insecurities are, you know, self and like how how I look, but that's a big one that consumes my mind a mm. lot. Like always thinking about how mm. i feel about myself i'm not i'm not thin enough i'm not mm. like this this and this it, it's almost like my porn mm. in a weird way interesting yeah and so when i'm not healthy it yeah. takes over and yeah it's not fun
0: i yeah i have a lot of similar experiences with that yeah. i didn't even i don't know if i exactly said explicitly like what the hormone changes did as well but yeah a lot of that stuff of like jealousy where it wasn't even founded Um, and it more just originated in me and what you know what kind of person I thought my husband would rather be with which just isn't grounded in the truth because he obviously wants to be with me that's why he married me right um and I think you know for both of us you know our husbands do have a a history of having certain like sexual addictions and um so I think I don't think it started for us there no but I definitely think those things have kind of been actual triggers for us as we've gone you know as those things have come up Mm -hmm. you know those play exactly to our insecurities of well if only we we looked better or we're more in style or you know we're thinner or whatever it is for us um I remember one time where, you know, I just felt I re, probably many times, but you know, we were going out on a date or something and I didn't really have time to fully get ready and I just felt like you know, I don't want to go someplace where there are any where anybody is there, you know, yeah, like yeah, if yeah. we're if it's just us, I feel like we're safe. But if he even so much as like has access to <laughs> looking at another right. more beautiful woman, why would he want to talk to me? And I just remember expressing something like that to Steve because I think I didn't have makeup on. I was like wearing a sweatshirt. My hair was up, whatever. And he was like, I just want to talk to you. I don't understand. You know, that that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm married to you. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not about that you look gorgeous all the time. Um, And that really did speak to me, but I wouldn't say it like solved my problems because they originated in me. They're not, he didn't create the problem, but I definitely do feel like, you know, they're, Struggles along the way have been triggers for me for sure. Not theirs, but Steve's. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, if that makes sense. But.
1: How much do you think it has to do with our society? Like, um, for example, you know, I'm a ceramic artist. I have my own business. But for up until I started Tall Pine, it was like, I don't know, the first four or five years of our marriage, it was just me Working retail job, nannying, all these like random mm-hmm. things. I never found a career, and I think like I don't know. It was like half a year ago. Uh, Robbie and I were in this argument, and I realized that pottery it has been has made me like feel like it's the only thing I can do, and mm-hmm. it's like the only thing I'm I'm good at, I guess. Um, there's a lot of amazing potters out there. So, I'm not saying I'm the best, but I like I like my own She's work. The best, though, but <laughs> no. but um, but I I remember I verbalized. I never verbalized. I was like, "This is all I have. This is all I have, Robbie. This mm. has to work. Like, I can't fail this job because I'm nev- I'll never be good at anything else." Mm. And I think he just stared at me. He's like oh, well, that's your problem. Like, you're just, mm-hmm. you're putting so much pressure on yourself that, like, you, you know, if it fails, it fails. But, like, this doesn't define you. This isn't mm-hmm. who you are. This isn't how, who God made you. Like, I believe he gave me this gift and and um he's taught me a lot through that. But I think I just put so much pressure on myself to, like, this, ha- this has to be it. And, like, mm-hmm. because I've, you know i i don't have i don't work for a big corporation or you know i don't have a salary that kind of thing like it's you know I, my life is not the norm like hmm. career wise as a lot of people around me so i've always like looked at oh so and so does this and this and this and they're really successful and they make a lot of money and and so that has a lot to do with it too so there's been insecurity in that and and finding confidence in myself, like, well, this is my thing. Like, mm-hmm. being okay with what God created me to do and not not comparing my skills. Um, <laughs> I have a funny story. So <laughs> there—well, I won't go into who said this, but <laughs> someone told me once that they said, oh, so what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, um, I do— I do ceramics. I teach ceramics. I do markets. And they said, they said back to me, that is so neat. You get to do arts and crafts all day. And I was like so <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I was so offended, offended because it, it sounds very, okay, it does sound like arts and crafts. Um, it is <laughs> an art and it is a craft. But it's so much more. And that… I actually laughed because I think I was at a place where I I was becoming a little more confident when I was doing Mm -hmm. like, okay, it's not just arts and crafts, but it's, that's how I have felt like, Oh, people will just say, okay, she's an artist. She, you know, does this or that. And, uh, so I think I've had to like have a lot of conversations with, with the Lord about it because deep down, I believe this is what he's called me to do for the time. And, um, so, but that kind of could lead us into how do we accept where where we are? Yeah, you said something that stuck out to me because this is something
0: that I've talked. We go to the same counselor. We won't name her name, but um, <laughs> she's wonderful. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, you'll find through these episodes that we're both strong believers in counseling, and um, have both just found a lot of help and healing there. So, um, but one thing that came to mind when you were talking was just that I, for me, the identity thing is a lot of times when I make a big mistake, like for instance, mm. at church yesterday, yeah. um, where I feel like my failure is what um, defines me okay, instead of, you know, all the other good things, I I only can like cling to that one moment, you know, and for it like even to put it in perspective, it was like maybe two seconds of a six minute song, you know? Yeah. But that was what that was all I could see. Right. And I think, you know, on a larger scale, we can do that in life. Um, so yeah, that just came to mind when you said about yeah. defining you and what that means. And I also think just to speak into your life, most people think she is like a BA businesswoman. Um, so, and I know that a lot more goes into you <laughs> running your own business than arts and crafts. Yeah. Although, you know, it is fun for you. It and is you, fun. Yeah.
1: It's fun for other people too.
0: So yeah, we wanted to talk about, well, oh. well you kind of did with comparisons, but I think just to add on to that a little bit too, the social media age that we yes. live in. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, makes it really hard to kind of stay focused and stay positive about ourselves mm-hmm. um, and who God made us to be when we start looking at other people and what they're doing and
1: mm-hmm. how their lives
0: look so put together and spectacular. Um, so I guess, I yeah, for me, I'll just say, and then I'll ask Tia, um, like her take on it because hers is a little different. But for me, um, I think the best thing that I've done is just kind of put more space between myself and social media. I'm kind of like a old woman at heart. So I'm like <laughs> it's not right. it doesn't bother me <laughs> um, an old soul, um, but I it doesn't bother me to have some distance there. And it's actually been really good for my heart, I think, just to have to not really be checking Instagram that much. And, you know, I have a Facebook account. I have an Instagram account. That's really the extent of my social media engagement. But um, I don't remember the last time I posted anything on Facebook or really Instagram. I don't know. Yeah. But um, but I still can could be found, you know, flipping through everybody else's posts. So um, that can definitely affect me. And I, I think I've just kind of for some seasons I've just taken it off my phone completely and Mm -hmm. taken a full break from it. And then other seasons like right now, I just, I don't have that much of a desire for it. So it's like on there, but I just don't find myself going to it because I feel much freer, not feeling like I have to spend time there or like I have to know what's happening to everybody around me. I feel like I know what's happening to the people that I'm close to. And that's kind of all that I need to know at this point. Yeah. Um. So I think it saves me a lot of heartache and and some of those triggers. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but for Tia being a business owner, who obviously you do marketing on Instagram, and mm-hmm. I don't know Facebook too or what else yeah. you use, but I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Because you can't really just like not be on it,
1: right? I know. The other day I was thinking because uh, it, you know. It, but I'm also on it personally, too. So I can't mm-hmm. say it's just for business. So um, it, it really draws you in. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is like, if I'm honest, which is what we're supposed to be, <laughs> you know, Robbie and I were talking about this the other day. He got frustrated um, because he was playing basketball and he, he was like, uh, he went to go look at his phone and he realized, he's like, why do I have to look at my phone at every break? Like what is that that like just draws us in to to look at other, what's going on with everyone else? Um, so I, I actually have like this love-hate relationship with it because I do, I do love it. I love that it's a part of our culture as millennials and all that. But it's, I think it's just about boundaries. It's about creating boundaries. Um, for my work, I, yeah. I mean, it's like, a main, you know, source of free marketing, or whatever. And um, as a person who has a business, it's ve- it is very important. But personally, I know right now in my life how it, the place I'm at, which is not the the best me I can be, um, I I would think I need to retreat off of it, like taking some time mm-hmm. away. And so, because it does, you're looking at what other people are doing. I I don't think it's wrong for, you know, whatever other people post, that's fine. But I think you just kind of have to ask yourself, like, how much am I doing this? And how much do I want to be tied to this? Mm-hmm. Like, do I want it to run me? Do I want it to be the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning? Like, if you answer, no, 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 then maybe you need to... You know, step back a little bit. I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm I need to step back you know? <laughs> because just had an epiphany. <laughs> it's not even like I don't. I mean, I post I don't know a couple times a week or whatever on Tall Pine, but I think it's more looking than posting. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of, and then you're just yeah, you're comparing what other people are doing um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, like
0: I do feel. Two, though, at least for me with the posting thing, I think I've just struggled with like feeling like, oh, if I didn't post something, I missed out on something or like this would have been such a good thing. I would have gotten so much positive feedback. And yeah. it's kind of like I just kind of stopped because I felt like, you know what, what really matters is like I take plenty of pictures of my kids. And yeah. I just have them for myself. And that's right. fine. You know, or I'll like send them to a family member, you know, for all the old people who still text these yeah. days. I don't, I, don't, I don't do Snapchat. I probably should. but I've never been on um, Snapchat. Oh, okay, good. So we're both old. <laughs> um, but yeah, those kind of things where I just, you know, I'd rather be in the moment. Than feeling like I have to share these things with the world and people who I'm not even that close to, you know, so in some, some of these memories, I don't even want on a camera. I just want them in my mind, but I want to be present for them and not miss them.
1: You know, you saying that because Robbie is a seven, six. Okay. So he's always kind of said that too, like, well, any vacation we're on, any, anything we're, like, doing. It's like, "Yeah, just embrace embrace this moment. And I'm like, no, I have to get a picture. I just <laughs> I have, have to. Have to. Like, and the thing is, it's funny. When I was a kid, my siblings and I, we would record everything. Everything we'd do. We had a go-car, a mini, mini motorcycle. I don't even know what it was. We would drive it around. We would videotape each other. And, like, it actually is something I enjoy doing. So I a part of me feels a little shame only because of other people are like, oh, you shouldn't be on that so much. But there's this, there's this part of me that's like, I love to take video. I love to mm-hmm. take pictures. And so I guess what Instagram has done is like you can share it with everyone. Mm-hmm. Bef- like what, I don't know how old Instagram is, but it feels like it's a newer thing. Maybe it's I don't know how long <laughs> I guess it's newer to me, like the last it's been two, a, it's three been years, a number of years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it,
1: well, okay, there's there new, was,
0: new things on Instagram
1: that you can do, like the stories are newer. Yeah, that's I know, newer. I guess I, I didn't know. really. The live I didn't get a feed. Facebook till college, yeah. and I was on MySpace before that, and so <laughs> probably still have that account. But <laughs> but I just think there is this side of me, like I have. I have to be honest and say, like, there's it is fun, you know, to see what's going on with other people. I think it's a it's a way to stay connected. But again, it goes back to: Are you obsessed with it? Like, do, is it? Ma- how does it make you feel? I think you have mm-hmm. to ask yourself that. Like, if you're healthy and you're like, hey, so and so's going to a cool on a cool vacation, that's awesome. But if you're saying, oh man, their life is so much better than mine, like mm-hmm. they get to go on all these adventures or whatever. Then that's when you you need to check yourself, like mm-hmm. where is that what what is that in your heart that's causing you to to go there mm-hmm. so what
0: are unhealthy
1: coping skills
0: <laughs> yes, those we could just say briefly, I guess, but
1: well, I mean, okay, mm-hmm. so when you're when you were you messed up singing, okay mm-hmm. what <laughs> <laughs> um did pride come over you did like or was it just oh, insecurity? Oh, I'm not proud at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. How um, how did you work through that?
0: Um, yeah, I think pride was a huge part of it. Where you know, I it was something that I'm already kind of insecure in that role because I I'm not that experienced. Um, and then you know, my pride and like perfectionistic attitude that I usually take, I usually practice so much that I hope that I will never get anything wrong and it's Mm -hmm. just not realistic with nerves and in the moment when things don't go as planned, um, Mm -hmm. you just can't really prepare for all that stuff every time. Um, so, so yeah, I think it was, it hurt my pride more than anything. It was, um, yeah, like it, it was too much about myself and I think that's something that I have realized and had to kind of work through. I'm still working through that. Um, But still pretty fresh. Still fresh in my mind. Um, But yeah, I think just having—I just was—I was not coping well last night. I'll say that. I just found myself kind of—I was isolating in a way, but I also—I didn't really want to be, like, alone. I wanted Steve to keep telling me encouraging things, even though— It wasn't that bad. You know? Yeah. Even though—but I couldn't really— Right. He— uh, what does he call it when I get uh, inconsolable? That would be <laughs> the word he uses for Aww. it. No matter what you say to me, I'm yeah. just not going to be able to hear you. Totally. Um, and sometimes it is just giving it a little bit of time, you know, because I think not everything can just blow over right away. You can't like change your attitude immediately if it's something that, that you felt really
1: hurt by or your pride was hurt. Um, that's a good point. But yeah. that's That's a really good point because you have to Kind of breathe. Yeah. I mean, Robbie and I, you know, we had to talk about that the other day because it was like, I am just sad. I'm Mm -hmm. some things happen in life. And so it was just kind of like, I just need some space right now to like let this one pass. So Mm -hmm. I think I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Without Totally, like, isolating yourself. Right. I think
0: there's, like, a difference between taking some time, yeah. processing yourself, thinking through, like, what am I feeling right now and how can I better express that to him or whatever, you know, yeah, um, or whoever you need to talk to about it. Um, but not, like, going full bore the yeah. other way where you're, like, inconsolable also oh, and, totally. like, no one can talk to me. I just—I can't hear you right now, you know? Yeah. So, but time, definitely—
1: I don't know. How much time do you usually give yourself? Because mine's like, <laughs> it depends on obviously what happens. But I think like the way Robbie and I, you know, if we're in an argument, he wants to solve it like right then and there. Mm-hmm. And I am like, I need space for, give me just 30 minutes so I don't mm-hmm. say anything I'm going to regret, you know? Yeah. So I I think that you should almost… I guess I haven't really done this for myself, but my time frame is usually half hour to an hour. Yeah. Like, And then if it goes longer than that, then that's when I'm mm-hmm. going into unhealthy mm-hmm. zone. So, Yeah,
0: I agree with that. I don't think, like especially for our married couple friends, I don't think right. it's like a healthy thing to be going days where you're not speaking because you just need space. Like mm-hmm. that's isolating and that's not moving towards each other, which is what you should be trying to do in your marriage at all times. Um, but taking a break so you don't say something hurtful. I think that's a great idea. Even, yeah, yeah, whatever time frame you need, I guess, but not letting go hours and hours or days, you know, that's just not, not okay. Sometimes for me, it takes me two minutes to just like, re you know regain my composure and think why am I upset right now because like I'll be triggered by something that Steve says that bothers me or reminds me of something from the past and immediately I just want to speak out like I think I'm more like Robbie in that where I just am like I'll talk I'll talk to you right now about how I feel about that you know and I feel like I just have to get it out lay it all out Uh huh and it's just (laughs) it's not helpful you know then he's hurt by that too um so yeah Okay. So we were just going to do um, kind of what you do with your insecurities to kind of end the episode. So we'll talk about each just briefly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing would be identify your triggers, which we've kind of talked through some of ours. You'd have to identify those for yourself. Um, but then how do we respond? So um, we touched on this um, about just kind of pride and such, but We basically, our first one is just accept where you are. Like, just tell yourself the truth about where you're at and what's going on. Um, Admit your, your feelings about it and all that. And for me, you know, with yesterday's thing, I, (laughs) (laughs) um, accept where you are, where I'm newer to this. I, you know, this, these things are going to happen and that's okay. It's a learning experience and just use it as that. Don't, be like fatalistic about it and say, this is the end of the line for me. It's all over. I ruined everything. That's just not helpful. And it's not true. Right. Um, and then number two, Tia, will let you take this Okay. On.
1: So should I share my example? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So a couple weeks well, for ago. First tell them what it is. Number two, don't let fear emotions be your driver. So for example, um, Joss and I and another friend planned a trip to Florida. And, um, I don't have any kids, but these two lovely ladies do. And they got sitters and, you know, everything you have to do to plan a trip, a girl's getaway. And honestly, as as a friend of mama's, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my word, a trip with my girls? Like, this is awesome. And so what happened was, um, well, there's a lot that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a couple weeks before we had some unexpected news my husband and I and so it freaked me out and um, we were gonna have to deal with some things um, with my husband's job and um, anyways I freaked out and I I think the day or a couple days after you know we're we're about to leave like in a week or something and I was like Jossie, I can't go. I can't go to Florida with you guys. I'm going to cancel my ticket today. And um, she sends me a text that says, OK. You were really like, sweet. You said <laughs> something about, um, you know, because, oh, because I had up to like seven days to cancel it or something. I actually, it ended up not working out for me to cancel because uh, they weren't going to refund me my money. But the whole point is I I got afraid and I reacted Um, because I wanted to take control of that situation. And so, um, something Jesse and I had to talk later about was I, I react out of fear financially, emotionally, whatever, physically I react because I, I have to take control. And so I wanted to, um, take away any stress. My husband could have felt like, oh, she's going to spend money on this trip, yada, yada. Um, but I, I ended up hurting Jossie and because of my my decision out of fear, thinking about myself, all mm. I did was think about Tia and what Tia had to do in that moment to like survive or whatever, to take control. Mm. I wasn't thinking about you or the other person coming. It was more about myself and, and Robbie. And so um, acting out on fear is is it's not good mm-hmm. <laughs> because you just don't—you're not thinking clearly. And then it all actually, you know, it all worked out. And um you actually got your refund in the end. So that's <laughs> Yeah, that's the trip crazy. actually got canceled for <laughs> <laughs> so the day of. Mm-hmm. Spirit <laughs> name. Oh, we will name the airlines. Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> shun them. Spirit <laughs> Airlines is the worst <laughs> airline ever. <laughs> Oh, maybe you should raise that seat <laughs> there's a certain airline that's yellow that you should never fly with
0: um, yeah no but that is interesting that it
1: like, ended the decision up, that you were mm, gonna
0: make mm-hmm. uh, in fear yep. God actually gave you back the money in a different way that you wouldn't have getting it back interestingly enough did. I didn't think about it that way he
1: did but I, w- <laughs> I wish we would have it wasn't yeah I we would never, rather go
0: and not get the money back but yeah that was a
1: lot of planning for nothing but <laughs> the whole purpose is when we react out of fear we actually end up causing a lot more uh, mm-hmm. hurt pain whatever on ourselves totally. like when we react that way it's like oh scramble grab anything mm-hmm. you know you can it's like a house fire you mm-hmm. know it's like maybe it's not. Yeah. No, I mean, I know
0: so much about fear that (laughs) 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 I could tell so many stories, but my, (laughs) I think a lot of times, you know, one thing for me is like when Steve is talking about going on a trip, like it'll be months in advance. It could be six months away. And it's such a trigger for me Mm. because I just, all I see is me and the kids being alone and, yeah. you know, they've gotten a little bit older. So it's like a little bit easier now, but especially back in the day, whenever Steve would mention like a trip that he's taking for fun, you know, and well, I would consider for fun, you know, traveling with the band and that. Um, Yeah. It would just stress me out. And like immediately, you know, he could see in my reaction that I was just, you know, I, again, like I'm only thinking about myself, how is right. this going to affect me? Not what's good for him or not. What he'll enjoy and um you know, will be kind of like him living out his dream in a way. Um, but I can only see myself and how these things affect me. So, um, so I think yeah, just again taking the time to kind of process some of those emotions before just reacting and doing something and talking with a friend or your husband about it, um, when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And that way, yeah, not Not like acting out on those emotions, but processing them first and seeing what makes sense and what's actually true in the situation. Um, Yes,
1: and that and that's what ended up happening. Well, later on, Jossie and I talked, but like that—that's what's really key. Is like once it was exposed, like that fear was exposed, and and it was kind of like I couldn't get out of my own head. Like Mm -hmm. you can't get out of your own head, and those. Um, circumstances when Steve leaves or whatever, it's like, it, again, you kind of have those blinders on. And then when someone else in love comes to you and is like, Hey, you know, maybe you just shouldn't react right now. Give yourself an hour or two mm-hmm. or a day, whatever. Don't respond out of this way. So I think again, that's why it's good to have somebody in your life to be able to kind of pull you out of that blind mode. Um, because, you're just gonna make a bad decision, and then mm-hmm. you got to clean up your mess. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a mess to clean <laughs> Avoid up. The mess is, um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it was a it was a hard mess. So, um, our next point is um, positive, true self talk. So, how do you when you're in that? So, say you're alone. Say you don't have like a friend or whatever. Um, like when you're stuck in that tunnel. How do you talk to yourself? How do you get yourself out of that?
0: That is actually something that I I find easy to tell to m- my first born, Ronnie, um, is like when he's when he's um, fatalistic about something happening in his life, uh-huh. which is usually a small thing, like we couldn't go to Chuck E. Cheese or something like that, and he yeah. just you know, throws a big fit and it's, we'll never go. I'm never going to see my cousin or whatever it is, you know? And it's like, I have to stop him and say, no, Ronnie, that's not true. You will right. see your cousin. You're just not going to see him right now. Yep. You will go to Chuck E. Cheese. You just can't go today. But I try to just, you know, emphasize to him, that's not a true thing that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's something that it's easy for me to see for him, but for myself, yeah, that's a good I point. just can't you know, sometimes see out of the situation. So again, like having good community and people who tell you true things. But yeah, like you said, if you're alone, I think this was another thing I wanted to mention. Just we're not even like alone that much, you know, because I think a lot of times we can get in that mode of we're insecure or um, we're upset about something or we're kind of isolating. And then we just can fill that space so easily with things that will distract us instead of actually kind of digging in and thinking, well, what is going on with me right now? Mm -hmm. And what do I need to tell myself or what do I need God to speak over me right now? Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, that looks a lot like just taking a breath and stopping. Um, Steve and I have been trying to practice the Sabbath uh, recently, and I think that's just been a really good like. I feel like I've had so many, just like more real encounters with God recently because of that. Because yeah. I just, it's so easy to fill every space with talking and with doing and with distracting and looking on your phone. And um, so when we do the Sabbath, we shut off our phones, and you know we'll probably talk about this in a future episode. But. Um, it's just been so good for me. Like I, I feel like I can actually be quiet for a while, Mm. you know, before we started to practice, practice this, I just, I didn't feel like I knew how to stop and just be. And I think a lot of times we're kind of avoiding ourselves in a way and what's actually going on. Yeah. So I would say that's, that's a big part for me. Like, how do I do the positive self-talk? Well, I have to just stop and like hear from God and, think through things myself mm. too. Like, what am I telling myself? And then what's actually the true thing here? And then speak those things over myself instead of just letting my mind wander to the most negative thing, which is usually, you know, where, what my tendency would be, would be to go to those places. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, recently, like, I mean, I'm kind of in this journey of actually coming back, like it, having a relationship with the Lord again, Um with so much happening this past year, and it's, it's hard to get back there. But, like, um, it's so good when you spend that time with the Holy Spirit and, and actually um, listen and, mm. and sit and just be because you tend to just take, take it all on yourself. You know, and and then you you can't grow. You cannot. You are st- completely stuck. So, mm-hmm. I like I like those points, Jossie. Um, number four. So when you're feeling insecure, talk about it with
0: someone. <laughs> That's number <laughs> four. Um, so we've kind of touched on that yeah. a lot, but just don't hide it because I don't. Th- it doesn't do any good just kind of sitting there inside of you. And I think you. When you talk about it with someone that you trust, your spouse or your, you know, who you're in a relationship with or a friend that you trust, they're able to, to kind of remind you of the truth when you don't necessarily can't remind yourself, you know, when you're struggling with the positive self-talk and all that, they, that gives someone else the chance to say, that's not really what happened or that's not what's really going on here.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what you did for me was like pulled me out of that and what Josie said was in our conversation later was like you just got to call me before you make that decision and that was like oh yeah i didn't even think about that i just went into like survival or what mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. like take care of me and it was selfish and so i th- that is why that is so important because then it totally eliminates pain it just does mm. when you're just open about it. Mm -hmm. So that was a lesson I learned.
0: (laughs) Like let, yeah, like let other people be part of your process even when it's not a pretty picture sometimes. Yeah. You don't feel like necessarily you want to share. Like when I felt insecure, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, to try to share it with somebody and hope that maybe they struggled Mm -hmm. with the same thing. Mm -hmm. But every time I've ever shared that I feel insecure about things, I find so many people, like almost everybody I've ever shared that with has said, yeah, I struggle with the exact same thing. Yeah. I feel insecure about this as well, you know? Right. So then you just know that you're not alone. The most confident people are still insecure, you know?
1: Totally. In one
0: way or another, so.
1: Totally. And then you're able, like, I think because we do life so much on our own, like, emotionally, like, we internalize everything. We we have conversations with ourselves That, like, even in that, um, like, situation, I didn't even think to involve you in it. And so—because I think I just make those decisions really quickly. But that's kind of what we're trying to, like, let people in in that process. Because it makes it so much easier. Because we are so used to just calling the shots, you know? Mm -hmm. So it makes it so much better when there's someone else helping. So our last point is— Go to Jesus for your identity. Yes.
0: I'll just say from yesterday— you know, I found myself nervous before, you know, service even started and before I got to my mistake. Um, <laughs> and and I just, you know i'm I'm a pretty anxious person, which you'll probably find from the rest of these podcast episodes. but um and it's something that I just deal with every day, and I know a lot of people do, but I find myself sometimes turning to Jesus to speak truth over me. And then sometimes just kind of sitting there with my anxiety and that just never goes that well. But when I Mm -hmm. turn to him, when I have, you know, the foresight to do that, when I'm in those kind of situations, it really does help. Um, And so yesterday when I I was kind of in that anxious mode, I just prayed that God would speak something to me, like about how he sees me. And, I pulled up um, some anxiety verses that I just have down in my phone that I can pull up if I need them, which I usually don't, like I said. But this one I had kind of forgotten was even in there. But it says, it's Psalm 34, 4 through 5. I sought the Lord, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. Um, so that's just been such an encouragement to me. It was yesterday and into today as I've been processing everything just to Good. think about how those who look to him are radiant. He sees me as, as radiant and, and he, I will not be like put to shame when I look, look to him. So yeah, it just gives me kind of like a picture of, of him looking down at me and, and like seeing beauty and radiance, um, which is, yeah. you know, not how I saw myself, but it doesn't really matter how I see myself because what matters is how he sees me. And that right. gives me the strength to, you know, overcome those anxieties and those fears.
1: Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, that is um, what we have for you this episode. Thanks for listening. Have yep. a great day.
0: <laughs> we'll have to See, figure yeah. out an ending. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and click
1: subscribe.